<laughs> I'm so screwed up. I don't even have the intro right. Hey, everybody, welcome back. It's the SCB Steelers podcast presented by Deck Roofing Incorporated of South Florida. And of course, we are very proud to be part of the Variety Sports Network. And the show, of course, originates from the Bradshaw Bourbon Studio. Cheers, everyone out there in Steeler land. The Pittsburgh Steelers picked up a 16-10 win over the Cincinnati Bungles, uh, and uh, let me bring Ian in here real quick. There he is, <laughs> and uh, welcome in to uh, the guys, and uh, we'll, we'll just get flying today. Uh, lots of stuff to talk about, the offense post-Matt Canada, um, all kinds of wonderful things here, but uh, welcome to everybody that's uh, joining us live and welcome to everybody that joins us at their own time and leisure when you can by watching on YouTube or just listening to the show on your platform of choice. Anyway, uh, welcome in guys. And I'm going to start you with a very, very simplistic question tonight. How would you rate Kenny Pickett's performance on Sunday on a scale of 1 to 10? Ben Anderson, go. Can Scarps go first? Well, okay. Ryan, just just a number. You don't have to explain it yet. 6.75. 6.75. Love it. Love it. Uh, since Ben's eating, I'll go over to Ian. I was going to say 6.9 because it was nice. <laughs> Caught me mid-whiskey. Uh, <laughs> that was cheesy as fuck. <laughs> and Ben, what would you give Mr. Kenneth Pickett? I'm going to give him two grades. Oh, boy. Here we go. I'm going to give him the, uh, in you know, by comparison to what we've seen from Kenny Pickett to this point, uh-huh. the way he played on Sunday was a 10. By comparison to what you want to see out of a franchise quarterback, I give it about a 6.57. I I, I think you guys are all spot on. I I was going to go right in that six area. And my reasoning is very simple. And then I'll turn it over to you guys for your explanations. I still think he misses too many open receivers. Um, and, And what I mean by that is not necessarily guys just running free down the field. I mean, when he throws the ball to a receiver that's open, it, it it's just not accurate, um, and it's that accuracy's got to improve, and and that's just what I'm I'm going at. Uh, Scarps, what what's your reasoning? You know, I mean, he uh, okay. <laughs> when anytime Kenny Pickett makes a throw, people have to be like, "Oh, that's an NFL throw," and I'm like, "Stop." This dude is a first rounder. Like he's in game what twenty three now, mm-hmm. and like 
Now, like anytime he makes a throw that's half decent, people are like, oh, that's a that's an NFL throw. That's an NFL throw. Please just spare me, okay? Compared to what we compared to what we have seen from him, Ben is right. It was it was so much better than we saw, but he still struggles with pressure. He still spins into yeah. pressure. He doesn't yep. step up in the pocket. Um, you know, yeah, that he he and, and I want to say this too. The thing that I like the most about his performance is that he took more risks by throwing the ball in the middle of the field. And that to me is so odd because if they gave Matt Canada that much influence on him, that's a very scary thing. So, you know, and is it that, or is it that he finally had Muth back and Muth was healthy either way, either way, it it's a step in the right direction. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. a step in the right direction. But I mean, if, if you're box score watching, it's pedestrian numbers. If if you actually watch if you actually watch the game, I think he did some really nice things, but I did still he? see some tendencies yep. that yep. concern me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, e- let me get Ian's explanation and, and then I'll flip it back up to Ben. Go ahead, Ian. Oh, uh, uh yeah, other than uh <laughs> other than me saying it was nice. Um no, I agree with everything Ryan said. I was I was really encouraged by some of the throws he attempted even yeah, though they scarped. weren't necessarily complete so you know the the um couple deep balls when he had single coverage on the outside he hit one to Deontay, yep. but you know a couple others were incomplete but i like that they were trying to push back and move the safeties back out of the box to create some room for the running game um the throw to Deontay, which could have been a touchdown maybe it was a touchdown maybe it was called incomplete on the field so it right. wasn't a touchdown in the box score but like i feel like the last few weeks he never would have thrown that ball like you know down the down the numbers between two defensive backs even though Deontay was open it was a good throw yep, yep. but I, I like that he took the chance and tried to push the ball into the end zone. Like Ryan said, using the middle of the field, um, using the tight end. But Fryermuth was healthy at the beginning of the season, and they didn't use the middle right. of the field. So I'm not I, – I think it was – part of it was, I think, the guys who are calling the offense right now between mm-hmm. uh, Mike Sullivan and Eddie Faulkner are kind of playing with house money because – they're not you know they can go out and take some risks where somebody who's like actually got a job and might be afraid of losing it might have played it more conservative it's a it's a theory i or idea i haven't heard that's and and the other thing i i was thinking about too was that without joe burrow the bengals offense was so shitty that i wonder if they were willing to take more risks over the middle of the field and risk a few turnovers Mm -hmm. because they knew the Bengals couldn't drive the field on them and score which they only did once i will say jamar chase was incredible given what he had to work with but i agree with what you said about them having an awful terrible offense their offensive line those tackles are not good no they 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 they're on the struggle bus, I think, in more ways than than one. Um, and and they're, I mean, God, their defense is not good. Uh, it's not their good. defense is not. It, 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 it's they, just well, not. They, they got those those two off the ball linebackers are good. They, yes, they they've got and, players like every team. Trey Hendricks. Trey Hendrickson is is good. Mm-hmm. 
and that that's that's it. I mean, that's all. And and yeah. the one decent corner they got besides Mike Hilton, who's strictly a nickel, didn't play. Yeah, he was hurt. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So you know, so it, it wasn't a, a a great test. But but right to to answer your question about you know uh, what I thought, mm-hmm. uh, I thought Kenny was a lot more decisive, and that was the thing I liked. That was the thing that jumped out to me this week. It wasn't always right. Right. There were there were some things that I was like, dude, what the fuck? What was that? You missed a guy who's wide open. You threw the ball short. You weren't quite on target. Um, you did something dumb here and spun into pressure. But mm-hmm. he was a lot more decisive. He knew where he was going to go with the ball when it was snapped, as opposed to what we saw before. And I again, I, I talked about this the entire time Canada was was the OC this year. There just wasn't any flexibility built into that offense and the guys came to the line and they're like, okay, this is what we're doing. No matter what we see, this is where we're going to go with it. This is, this is the number of the way the reads are going to be. This is what I see pre-snap. This is the routes you're going to run. There, there wasn't a whole lot of give. There wasn't a whole lot of, look, here's what we're trying to do. We're trying to get six yards in this situation, right? All of you need to get this, you know, before it was just, no, stop thinking. You just do what I tell you. (laughs) Some of the some of the comments post game made me and perhaps others think that um, th- there was a level of uh, w- w- what am I trying to get at here? They they felt more relaxed. The, the offense felt a little bit less on eggshells, and and they felt you know I I think Jalen Warren even said you know like you guys are saying we felt like we could take some risks that we hadn't before. And when you know you're going to do that, I think you tend to play a little freer. You tend to be a little more excited about what you're doing. So, I, I maybe that's something to do with it. Um, you know, I, I Ian, what did you see in the offense other than just pick it that made you kind of like, oh, okay, well, that's something that we haven't seen, or that's something that we've seen, but it's been done better. Yeah, the the execution was definitely better. Um, but also just the the willingness to throw different routes on the field, even the the in cut route to George Pickens that he missed. Like Kenny really needs to work on throwing slant routes this offseason and oh, learn how to boy. throw them because he's terrible at them. But the, like the the willingness to throw that ball over the middle of the field, um, you know, the passes to Fryermuth aside, but they even they executed better on third down. They picked up first downs. They didn't have a single three and out this game. That even, unbelievable. Yeah. Can you imagine if somebody would have offered you that bet? Yeah. It, yeah. The, the the way the offense had been stagnant and struggled previously, you know, I think and some of it too, just on the execution standpoint, like Najee Harris ran angry this week. I, I feel like Najee does better when Jalen Warren is doing better because he feels like he has something to prove that when the whole running, when Jalen struggles, Najee struggles too. But when like last week, Jalen won that, you know, angry runs of the week award, not sponsored by Chipotle, but should be. But <laughs> Najee, I would uh, say Taco Bell, but I'll take Chipotle. Okay, yeah. nevertheless, but but Najee ran angry this week, and it, it led to more yards after contact. And yeah. it, I think, I mean, yeah, good, Ryan. The guards played so much better this week. Yeah. I, I would also like to. 
to throw some context out there that the Bengals, I think, are 31st in rush defense. They're yes. terrible. I mean, they're, they're not good. They're, they're nope. terrible. And and what and Big Ben's burner, you know, I love you, man. But you commented earlier about uh, you commented earlier about we're not going to need Pickett to be anything more than a game manager. I love you, man. <laughs> but if that if that's what you're thinking right now, <laughs> you please seek help immediately because you you drafted him 20th overall to only be a game manager. And here's the other thing. How long do you realistically think like TJ Watt is going to play? Like like you think he's going to be doing this for the next 10 years cuz cuz he's not. Like he's not going to be doing that. The Steelers have benefited this year from an opportunistic defense that creates tur- turnovers. And you listen, context is very important. Kenny is going to have to win a game with his arm sooner rather than later. And I don't know if he can do that. When is the last time a game manager made it to the Super Bowl? Brad Johnson. Trent Trent Dilfer. Dilfer. Actually, and this is a, this is a, tri- this is a trick question. Tom Brady. This, no, 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 because even that yeah, year he was he was really good. Yeah, but I, Peyton but Manning it, in Denver. Peyton Manning in 2015. Peyton Manning in Denver. Okay, that's in fair. 2015. But but their defense was unbelievable yeah a hundred times better than we think this defense is right now because this defense right now really isn't that good this defense we'll get into the defense later sorry okay i'm just saying so big ben's murder you know i love you man i'm just saying that like i would hope that you have higher expectations for kenny i I don't know baker mayfield was not the game man or or they wouldn't have gotten rid of him smoking man (laughs) dude i I, know I don't want to put words in Burner's mouth here, but but I'm wondering if what he means is maybe these last six games, that's what he's going to have to do is just manage games. Because because I, I think we all know we just need to go three and three and we're in the playoffs. Yeah, but you know? I, I, I think and I, I think we're probably going to go three and three. But, I, I agree. Uh, but setting that aside for a sec. Again, what we want to see is not just Kenny be a game manager. I'm not going to say that they need look at this point, they can't lean back on Kenny and say, Kenny, you're going to have to win this game for us. Okay. He's not that guy yet. Um, and yes, they have a good running game, but you can't always count on your run game. Some, no, it's, it's some gonna, defensive guy yeah. like a Belichick will come along. And he'll take away your run game. Yep. Because they're, you know, that's what he does. He's really good at taking away one thing and going, Hey, I'm going to challenge mm-hmm. you to beat me this way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't think he's that guy yet. What we need him to keep doing is what he did on Sunday, which is be more decisive. Even if he's wrong, play decisive Mm -hmm. like fucking Duck Hodges did. Because Kenny's Kenny's a lot more talented than Hodges ever was. Yeah. Duck was, as we've talked about, he was just, he just played. He was smart and he was fearless and he just fucking played. Yeah. Exactly. And, and, right. And I and I think and we've talked about it on the show. I don't want to belabor the point. The fact that it and, it and it felt a little like it last week that they that Canada had been coaching Pickett so conservatively. And last week it was kind of like the the you know the, the straps were off, so to speak, the restraints, and he was able to play a little more like himself. So um I I, I don't know, just a thought. I, I want to touch on running backs real quick. Um 
are we at a point now, Ian, where we should really call this a, a duo running attack? Or are we going to still try and say it's one guy and one guy only? No, it's it's definitely a tandem backfield. Absolutely. And, I mean, you look at the, the number of carries they've given each guy respectively over the last few weeks. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's within three or four carries of, of each other. Even yep. when it was like 12 and 9, it was still relatively even and Warren's getting more touches in the passing game than Najee is so when you look at their total touches they're almost equal um so yeah I think I think it's definitely a a tandem backfield but you know I, I think it goes to the coaching a little bit too that it's not necessarily a running back competition that they complement each other and they have complementary skill sets that Warren's not going to be a bruiser and Najee's not going to be elusive, right? Mm -hmm. Najee's not explosive, but Warren, you know, if you need a yard between the tackles, Najee probably has a pretty good chance of picking Mm -hmm. that up. So I I think you got to use them in the ways that matches their skill sets. But even going back to like what Dallas did last year, like, because there was that whole debate about Zeke and Pollard. Yep. They were saying Pollard yep. was better, which he was. But I remember Zeke saying after a game, he was like, look, we set goals for ourselves. We say we want 150 yards and two touchdowns. It doesn't matter if I get 100 and he gets 50 or if he gets 150 and I get one, right? That right. like We set a goal for ourselves as a tandem, and this is what we want to do. And I think that's a really good approach to take. I don't know if the Steelers are taking that approach, but I think from a coaching standpoint, that's how these guys should be coached is this is what we want to produce out of the running game. We don't care who gets the yards, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Warren was not as effective this week. Najee was. Right. I, in the I, benefit yeah. of – sorry, one more point. Let, let me... The benefit of having two guys that are both – starter capable is if one guy's having an off day you can use the other guy more absolutely yeah let me ask you three this quick question okay today i mean yeah Najee just had a nice game yep but today do you give Najee that fifth year option and and, and just be expensive right and and just to follow up on that ben uh you know burner just kind of asked that uh, I know to to that point you know, in, in the chat. Well, just basically, basically, what he said is, do you keep him or do you go back to the draft? Right. Um, and, and I think it's a great question. Um, it depends on on what his market is when he becomes a free agent. I do not give him that fifth year option because you're talking yeah in the neighborhood so of nine million dollars for Start. a guy that. Start. Mm. He's I'm, just I'm not. Like, no, yeah, I, I don't think so either. Big Ben's murder. I would never want to murder you. I'm saying that <laughs> ever. I, I no, no, I would not pick up his fifth year option because if you if you showed me tape and said which one of these guys is a rookie free agent, which and which one of these guys is a first-round running back, I would say Jalen Warren is a first-round running back because right. he's more explosive, he's more powerful, um, he's more decisive. And I'm not going to sit here and say that Najee hasn't played better because he has. And I, I've been done with him for a long time. He has played well. Now, I want to be real about this. Besides the Browns, they've played some terrible rush defenses. And, and you know... I saw a stat earlier today that Najee has, I think, the most 15-yard runs this year, mm-hmm. um, which is which is great. That that's yeah. wonderful. That's wonderful. But um, 
the dude still looks slow as hell. He looks like he's running in mud. And, and, you know, my only thing about it is, is that Jalen Warren has only had the most carries he's ever had in a game, I think is 13. So like, we don't, we don't necessarily know if, if, if Warren could be that bell cow. Okay. Ian, you're Ian's so killing it the, tonight. The fifth, <laughs> the fifth year option is 7 million, about 7.1. So now you know exactly what we're talking about. And that that's that's a projection, but let's just say it's 7.1, 7.2. Mm-hmm. I'm still out. I don't know about you guys. If, I, what would I, you do if it was four million? I might I might roll the dice. So so let me ask this question. Other than a fifth year option, you know, if if you offered him like a three year deal, but with like a nine million dollar signing bonus, right? Mm-hmm. prorate that out a little bit you could basically you could get out of it after year one give him more money than just the just the fifth year option would be maybe maybe that's worth considering i'm looking at it like this there are so many running backs that are discovered in the middle to late rounds. And, and yeah. of course, we have one we've talked about tonight in Jalen Warren that wasn't even freaking drafted right. that I can get for way less money. And, right. and, and I'm not saying it's like easy because you still got to evaluate and everything else. But I can take but, that money that I saved and I can invest it in my offensive line. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah the other thing about Najee is, is there's two things about Najee. Since the start of last year, he has one 100-yard rushing game. And this year, he is worthless in the passing game. The only time he was successful this year was in that Jacksonville game when he got scrub garbage time numbers on that final yeah, drive. That's fair. So, like, do you really want to pay a running back that much money? Or And, and like I said, again, context matters. They have played scrub teams, and this offensive line – was supposed to be revamped. It's not. Mason Cole is not good, right? Like they need a they need a center. They need a center and, badly, and they need, and, they need another I tackle, agree. or they just need to move fucking Darnell Washington to where but, he should be and make him a tackle. <laughs> but 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 Mike Tomlin always loves the bell cow. He loves Richard Mendenhall. He but, loves Davion Bell. Yeah. He loves Najee Harris well, and James he, he loves James Carter. Some fast Willie Parker, but then you you have a guy who can be a well cow, a bell cow, and is Najee that guy? And I thought he was going to be. He's not. I did, I did too, but he's not. And, and now, so what, if show, what if he shows up twenty pounds lighter next year, and and it's a maybe, noticeable difference? Then they maybe have to decide. We'll have a different, right. But listen, Mark, they have to they have to make this decision in May. They're not going to have a chance to evaluate yeah. him. Oh, that's true. That's true. Okay, it's seven million dollars. He's going to be 27. Jeez. He's 25 now. He'll be 26 in March. Yeah. He'll be 27 in that fifth year. He'll be 28 at the end of it. I don't give him a three-year deal instead of a instead of a fifth-year option. I'm like, no. dude, no. no I, 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 I'll give you a two-year extension and four and five million dollar signing bonus. And you know, here you go. You want mm-hmm. this? Mm-hmm. You know, it's something very, very easy for the team to swallow. Um, you know, give him some incentives. Maybe, yeah, and I, maybe I he think earns them, maybe he doesn't. The state of the Steelers makes, you know, a good point. You know, if he goes off to free agency, what kind of money is he going to demand? And 
my answer to that is not much. It's not going to be seven million dollars. Hell no, it's not. I'll be frank. No. no. Well, on, we on thought it, you were Ben. Don't be frank. Honestly, uh, honestly though, if if you're a running back prospect and you mm-hmm. get drafted in the first round, that is literally the best thing that could ever happen to you in your career because you're guaranteed four years and a nice chunk of change. And you know, we talked, we were just talking about cause Dallas is playing right now, but um, Tony Pollard is, is actually terrible. Not terrible. Tony Pollard is not met expectations this He's year. He's not what he was when Zeke and, Elliott was. There. And, and, and I ex- exactly. And uh, is it just, is it just wear and tear though? Well, he also got hurt. He also got hurt last year on that hip drop tackle and and whatever. But 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 Tony Pollard is a fourth rounder, okay? Um, and then the the, the Cowboys got a got a got a backup, uh, Dowdle or whatever. I'm sorry if I mispronounced his name. Mm-hmm. Who I don't even know if he was drafted. I, I'd have to double check that. But but then Dallas has uh, Turpin, who's like a specialist, and then they got all these different things. So like. The whole running back position, it's not like it was when we were growing it's, it's, up. No, it's the word you're looking for totally different. Scarf, the word you're looking for is fungible. Or yeah, athlete. <laughs> you know, like it's like no fungible, so, easily replaced. Yeah. Yes, but I'm thinking like honestly, you just need you just need some some good athletes. You really I mean, this, like this you know. is the whole argument we made when they drafted Najee. And Najee is a great guy. From based upon every every report I've I've heard ever, he's obviously a smart player, you know. <laughs> but you don't take a running back in the first fucking round. No, you just don't. Uh, I, that I was wanna, a bad decision, I, I, Ryan. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this to you, um, and and I I have no idea how long we'll talk about this, um, but it's obviously been a big discussion point all week. Um, back back in the day. Uh, no, Aaron, I do not want Blake Corum in the first, although he did beat the Buckeyes for the third straight year. Um, in any case, Scarps, you're on the sidelines. You're doing PR for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Your phone starts, uh, blowing up and, uh, you've just been told, man, that's a bad look. Deontay Johnson didn't do jack squat on that play. Uh, what is going through the PR mindset? right then because you know it's gonna be an issue in the post game so how how do how do you guys go about dealing with that uh i mean i i i wouldn't have said it to anybody but seeing that i would have immediately said ah, fuck like <laughs> right. i mean i mean yeah. like like that was that was that was such an inexcusable play Nope. And I'm not talking about the t- the 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 touchdown that he had, and and just didn't no. like. Never, never mind the fact that he fucking had. He should have held on to the ball. Let's be real, right now. Anyway, um, but that whole sequence, and go back and watch the play. It was a run play on third and short, mm-hmm. and he didn't even engage the defensive back. Nope. He was fucking so sad and so pathetic. He was pouting. And he it was like he, he was a boob and uh the ball was on the ground and he was literally in the vicinity and didn't give a fuck. And I don't mean that he didn't give a fuck in that he did it on purpose. I just mean that his head wasn't in the game. No. 
And then it took, you know, Connor Hayward to make a nice heads up play and, and make that tackle. Mason Cole um, nearly ran him over. Yeah. You know, and I, and it, those are, you know, I, I, you know, that's, I mean, I didn't think of this now, but since you drew the question, um, mm-hmm. anytime there was a really shitty play or unfortunate play in a game, yep. I always knew that you have to go to that guy to the, at the end of the game, regardless exactly of win or loss, that question. regardless of no. win or loss and say, now, if it's if it's Roethlisberger, no, because he knows he was a veteran, but in mm-hmm. the veterans and there were other veterans. But anytime it was a younger guy or a guy that wasn't in the league that much, you always wanted to go up to him after the game and make sure that they, they knew what kind of questions were coming. Yep. Um, Hey, you know, they're going to ask you about that fumble. They're going to ask you about that drop touchdown. Absolutely. Um, you know, and and. You know, Deontay's not some new guy. You know, he, he you know drafted in twenty nineteen. Yes, drafted yeah. in twenty nineteen. I mean, it's not like he, he's a rookie or a second year guy. I mean, he knows better, and and he knows better not only on the field, but he also knows better um, media wise. Yeah, um, he's been around long enough to know. And you know, I, I you know. Not everybody's he hates dealing with the media, though. I get the sense but, well, he really, really hates it. Well, not in and you know, listen, I'm an asshole. Not everybody's an asshole like me. I'm just being honest. I'm not, you know, not everybody, you know, not everybody likes. Don't sell yourself short, Scarf. No, You're a fine. tremendous asshole. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Judge. Appreciate yeah. you, Judge. Um, but you know, these, you know, I'm very fortunate to have worked there when I did because there was a ton of veterans. But I made it a point every time we had a rookie class to teach them the ropes that the media might look like the enemy, but it's actually your friend. You can mm-hmm. use them to your advantage. You can't control the questions that you're asked, but you can control your responses. Um, you know, there are, you know, and I would even I, I would bring up, you know, there are, there are guys, you know, that win media awards for their relationships with the media. But then also, dude maybe set yourself up for a career after football. And I know that's not a conversation that people want. So anyway, but then when Deontay does these media scrums or whatever, I don't know. He just, he looks disinterested and and you don't have to knock it out of the park every time. But I've always said this optics is everything. And you can, you can NPR. Fuck. Yeah. You can, you can literally mold it and spin it any way you want. And that's mm-hmm. why I laugh about the whole Tomlin thing, because I'm telling you, if Tomlin was more open to the media and he was more outgoing and engaging, people would still be upset about the lack of playoff success, mm-hmm. but they would absolutely, they would absolutely be more open to him not having a losing season ever. And right. I look at it, I look at it as look at Juju. Remember when Juju's bike got stolen? Remember that? Oh, yeah. And everyone was like, oh, my God, find this fucking dude, his bike. <laughs> He's such a nice guy. He says all the right things. He puts our... But then he did like Corvette, Corvette, TikTok, and Von Bell blew him up, and everyone was like, get him out of here. But So there's like a delicate balance. Yeah. There's a delicate balance. And the bottom line is you're never going to win a fight with the media, so you mind as well play nice yeah. and use point. them to your advantage. And the more likable you come across, 
the more people look past that when you fuck up. Uh, and that's is exactly why I went to you because I wanted your take on it. Um, because as, as soon as I saw the replay of that, and then of course it was blowing up on social media, I, I thought immediately of the PR because they're gonna have to deal with this. And of course, he didn't handle it real well afterwards. Now he he apologized midweek. Uh, and and for me, Wednesday, right? Yeah. Uh, for yeah. for me, it, it's done. Um, yeah. and we'll see how he responds on the field. Yeah. Uh, but I'll, I'll, Ben, I'll ask you this. Is he a Pittsburgh Steeler next year? Uh, I, I think so. We'll see. One year left you know, on his deal. I, I think, you know, and, and this is one of the things I was kind of alluding to earlier. I think that, I think that he doesn't like dealing with the media. I don't think that it's, um, I don't think he's comfortable. I think he's, he's not. Mm-hmm at all comfortable with a mic in his face. He doesn't like being in the spotlight mm-hmm. in that way. Right. He can be out on the field and be a guy that, you know, everybody's cheering for, and that's all well and good. Yeah. But he doesn't yeah. like doesn't like being under the microscope with the media, and he, he becomes very introverted when he's dealing with them. He becomes very soft-spoken. Yeah. And look, he looks down. He doesn't make eye contact, and, you know, he's not really looking at anybody. He's just talking, and you know, uh, Scarp says he looks disinterested. And I think that a lot of people are, are going to perceive it as such, or they're going to perceive him as being dumb. I just don't think he likes dealing with the media. I really don't. And he's not in his comfort zone at all there. Um, yeah. So he's you never going to be a guy that everybody likes because he, and it, he, he's, not a, he's not a guy like Cam. Who, who can speak to the media and use the media and get the yeah. media side. He ain't that guy. And Cam is that guy. He's setting himself up for that career, much in the yeah, same way Ryan Clark did. Uh, yeah, Ian, I mean, he, he's not as good as Ryan was, but he's no, good. no, I don't think so either. Not, not right but, now. Maybe, but he's be. good. And, uh, you know, and, and Deontay is never going to be that guy. No. He, just, he just isn't. No. Um, so, uh, you know, is he a Steeler next year? If he doesn't fuck up again, like he has a number of times, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, I mean, optics is a lot. You, you yep. want you want to have people rooting for you. Um, it's also you, you know you got to look at at what he's making. You know, the guy makes seventeen million dollars a year. Yeah, when you make uh, that he, kind of money, you gotta you gotta deliver. You gotta bring in some results. Uh, before I get your answer, Ian, we have some breaking news. I understand the goaltender for the Penguins scored tonight. He did. Penguins. Yeah. Yes. Tristan uh, Jari had a goalie I, goal. What is that? Tampa. Like the 17th or 18th time in the history of the league that that's happened. How so, the fuck did he do that? Yeah. Kudos to, I, I haven't seen the replay. I just oh, saw it. Glorious. And, yeah. And, and Hey, awesome for him. Yes. Um, Ian, what, what is your take? Was that an empty netter or was there a goalie yeah. in there? Was an empty empty. Okay. Yeah. yeah. What, what is your take on the Deontay Johnson thing? Uh, uh, starting with what you saw and then where we are now. Yeah. So we'll go start to finish on this. So Mark, Mark knows I had a strong take on this, so he saved me for mm-hmm. last. Mm-hmm. So well, I was really expecting Ryan to come out a little harder toward, toward, uh, Kenny, but he didn't. So yeah, no, right. whatever. Not as much so of a hater. Starting as usual. with the starting with the play <laughs> on Sunday, that yeah. 
you know, afterwards, after the game, when he was asked about, it, he was like, I don't know, I was blocking or whatever, you know, I was right. supposed to do it was a lot more whatever than blocking because he didn't even try and block. <laughs> but nevertheless, like, OK, I get it. He, he claimed he didn't see the fumble, all that. Maybe he didn't see it. Let's let's say he didn't see it. Right. But at some point, you're one of 11 guys on the yeah. field. Yeah. If you watch the replay, he is he turns back to the sideline and sees Bengals players running up the field with the ball in their hands and Steelers guys chasing them. At some point, doesn't something in your head go, oh shit, maybe I should run after them and like chase them a little <laughs> bit and at least saying. try, right? Like, you know. That's I, why I, I said Mason Cole nearly ran him over. Yeah, like, like, okay, I understand not having your head in the game, but at some point, all 11 guys on the field have to be cognizant enough to be like, if there's guys running the other way, maybe I shouldn't just stand around like my controller's unplugged. So there's that. The the second did he thing, think, did he, and I'm not, I'm not defending him. I'm, I'm asking a question. I yeah. agree with you. I would have chased him anyway because you, you don't know. The, no. the whistle hasn't been blown. You play through the whistle. It doesn't matter. This is the way we were always taught. You play through the fucking whistle, no matter what's going on. Mm -hmm. But did he think that Warren was down and this wasn't a thing? Maybe, maybe he did, but with the way instant replay is, like you never know. And right. If you never, if you didn't hear a whistle, then you gotta try. You play. If, no, if I, you I agree. See with you, other yeah. guys on your team chasing someone with the ball. Like something in your head should go, hey, I need to snap into action and do something here. Yeah. Other um, than walk to the sideline. You know, right. Yeah. Right. S second point about Deontay's contract and the question of whether or not he's a Pittsburgh Steeler next year. Mm -hmm. um, if they, if they, well, let's start first. He has a $3 million roster bonus due March 20th. So if they're going to make this decision on him, it's going to be before the draft and it's right. going to come quickly. Um, but if they cut him, what hypothetically, hold on, hold on. Let me finish my sentence. If right. they, if they cut right. him, it's nice. like five and a half million in dead money and 10 million that. in cap savings. They're not doing so. That. They, so they if, would trade him, but let's just say hypothetically, okay. the Kansas yes. city chiefs yes. win the super bowl or they go yes. to the super bowl and they want to trade you the 31st or 32nd pick for Deontay Johnson. Do I you take, take it. it? Yes. I don't even hesitate. Yes. I agree. The Steelers yeah. are really fucking good at picking wide receivers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I take that pick and go, Deontay, best of luck to you, buddy. Yeah. Well, and it's like, you know, you go back to our pre-draft shows and, and what we've talked about for years now that, and even going back to some of our shows about free agency, that the receivers on the free agent not market are not only competing against each other on the, for free agent dollars, they're competing against the receivers in the draft because college receivers now are so talented and so able to come out and step right into offenses yeah. in the NFL that and if like wide receivers almost trending towards being the next running back that teams are getting to the point where they're like I can trade away a receiver and not have to pay him and go draft somebody like uh you know Puka Doncic that the Rams got in what the fourth or fifth round and uh <laughs> and trademark that <laughs> trademark that baby. we need to get that on a shirt that was that was right that was that was Ryan's thing not yeah. mine I, I just stealing off him what the hell was Ryan? his name actually though Puka what Puka Nakua Puka, 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 Nakua. Yeah. Puka Nakua Ryan has a point and then I've got a final one on Deontay no I, I go no okay I'll go last all right my problem with Deontay Johnson is that you're a hater. 
Yes, not the drops. <laughs> like the, the drops bother me; they annoy me. Sure. It's the it's the fact that he held out of camp or held in whatever it was was there but didn't practice right he held out for more money said in the media he would have held out and missed games if he hadn't gotten a contract demanded a big money deal got the highest dollar value on a per year contract a Steelers receiver ever got at 18 and a half million dollars per year and just like makes these dumbass plays like you know, he has no situational awareness of you know it seems like he catches the ball and wants to get out of bounds as soon as possible or when there's like under two minutes in a running clock then he decides to run up field and try and get extra yards and get tackled in bounds when he actually should run out of bounds there's been multiple times throughout his career where he's run backwards and we haven't gotten a first down where if he had just fallen that forward noise and, and fuck and out of me dude just get up the field was. Yes, he runs play earlier in the sometimes. game Sunday. It looked yeah. like he was purposely running backwards. It's it's that situational awareness yeah. of like you need to know down and distance and where the sticks are and what you need to do to get a first down. Like those simple things. If you're gonna hold out to demand more money and yeah. get the highest dollar value the Steelers have ever paid a receiver, you got to deliver on the field like a number one receiver. And he just doesn't deliver no. consistently. That catch he made down the sideline on the go ball was a very nice catch. It was a hard catch in traffic with a guy's arm all over him. Uh, Kenny made a nice throw to lead him and let him catch it on the run. But, like, you got to do that stuff more consistently if you want paid $18.5 million a year. It just is what it is, right? If he was if he was a rookie and made that mistake on Sunday with, like, the fumble and not paying attention, I could excuse it. But it's it's – it's almost that like, you know, you do it once, it's a mistake. You do it uh, twice, yeah. you do it three times, then it becomes a habit. And now all of a sudden, like, you know, it's the same mistakes over and over again. The the same like lack of awareness for a guy who refused to practice and play because he thought he was worth so much money. So that's yeah. my that's my problem with him was do it you, started with the holdout. Yeah. Do you expect and Johnny asked this question before, so I'm going to phrase it. Johnny, fuck you, Johnny. So, there we uh, after the embarrassment of Sunday, do you expect him to come out and make a better effort after he had to apologize to his te- to his teammates? Do you expect him? <laughs> you, and you have to you have to frame it around the fact that he got into an argument, a scuffle, if you will, with Minka the Sunday before in Cleveland. Yep, in Cleveland. Then he comes out and plays like shit because he's pouting in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Then he has to humble himself and apologize to his teammates. Do you expect a better effort this week out of Deontay Johnson? Can I go? Starbs. Um, I have de- I have defended him more so than than others, and I've always attributed it to coaching. And I look at this right now, and I say, okay. He, his wide receivers coaches were Daryl Drake, passed away. Yep. Uh, Ike Hilliard, who wasn't the best coach, but won a Super Bowl with the Giants, um, played in the league a long time. Now he's got Frisman Jackson. And then above all, even though he's not an offensive-minded coach, Mike Tomlin was a wide receiver. Um, yep. Yet we see the same 
repeated behavior from Deontay. He runs backwards. No situational situational awareness. He quits on plays or pouts on plays. And then I sit there and think that, you know, hell, you know, this is year five and he's still doing the same stuff. This team might not draft corners well and draft the developed corners well, but this team is unbelievable at finding wide receivers. Yeah. After the, you know, even first round or even after the first round, round, Mm -hmm. you know, that that do well. And, you know, I I don't wish him any ill will or anything like that, but I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. Uh Oh, you don't win with guys like this. I, I, that was my biggest takeaway Scarps is I wondered what was going to happen in the locker room. Because there's going to be guys on a 53-man roster who are going to see that video, and they're not going to like it. Well, luckily, they won. Yes. Winning, win, winning, winning cures a lot winning of Winning solves a lot of wounds. Yes, it does. You're now, if they had lost the fucking game yep, and that had happened, yeah, for sure, they would have been like, dude, what the fuck? Because Deontay's justification for what he did in Cleveland was – I want to win. I'm a passionate player. Mm-hmm. I came in. It was a game I felt like we should have won. We didn't. Right. I had some things I wanted to say. Minka didn't think they were appropriate, but I wanted to say them because I want to win. And then the next week he does this shit. So he's cognizant. He's aware of what the perception of him might be. I, I think he has to be. So yeah. he he had he had to stand up in front of his teammates, at least in front of the offense, and say, I'm sorry. That was and a I, terrible look. I apologize, and I w- that won't happen again. I'm sorry. Scarps. The, the one other... Oh, sorry, or, go ahead. Ian, yeah. no, Ian, go. Ian, okay. go, go last. The, the one other thing I was going to say was, Deontay, it's, it's not like he's a rookie. He's 27 years old. He's the fifth oldest guy on the offense. The only guys older than him are Sayamalu, Robinson and our two backup quarterbacks, Trubisky and Rudolph. So, like, you need him. We're so young on offense. You need him to be a leader in that locker room and a leader, especially in that wide receiver room, because, like, Allen Robinson, they brought in for a year, right? So, and kind of brought in because they didn't have a veteran leader in that that wide receiver room. Ian, Ian, do you you think he, he stood up and apologized because he's a leader or because he was told he probably should? Probably because it was the burner's comment. <laughs> Pat McGroin from the University of Phoenix online. He's actually played for the Cardinals on Sunday. <laughs> Probably scored three TDs too. Um, I, I want to uh, close this up. I want to talk a little defense uh, if we can do that. Scarps, did you have a last comment? Uh, it was just more along the lines of what he what Ian said. Okay. Um, you know, when 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 you have a you know when Roethlisberger was here, you know Roethlisberger we've all agreed isn't wasn't the best leader, but mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. the dude was the dude was was here forever. He was in the league forever, and just him being there, yeah, sort of commanded a respect and presence. He was also pretty fucking good at football. Well, no, I, yeah, obviously I know that. I'm There's just saying that. that like, but but I'm just saying that like. This is a very young team, and it is when when a guy like Deontay, who's a veteran on this team, 
is making these mental errors and repeatedly makes these mental errors, it just doesn't send a positive message to yeah. to anybody. Ian, how good is the Pittsburgh Steelers defense? There, I know, I know that's a very broad question. That's is paint with a broad brush. You've got red paint. Thank paint you, red. Coach Tomlin. <laughs> um, they. They are a bend but don't break unit. They have consistently come up with turnovers in the red zone that have saved their season. That interception that Trenton Thompson had, I think I tweeted, they just saved their season with that interception. Because if the Bengals had scored there, I don't know if we would have won that game. The Bengals. Um, yeah. I've uh, We've had some drinks, to go back to the old <laughs> motto of our previous motto of our show. Was that right after the fumble, or was that? No, that was that was in the that it was, was in the third half. quarter. Yeah, it was yeah. in the third quarter. Um, but at any rate, that 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 interception definitely turned that game around. Um, and so they've consistently come up with big plays when they, they needed have. to, but that's not necessarily a sustainable model. I mean, this is not the 2008 defense that's going to shut people down. No, this is not even the 2010 defense. Um, this is not even the 2017 defense that was really freaking good until Ryan Shazier got hurt. Um, so it's it's okay. Weird things seem to happen though that like they they make good halftime adjustments and it seems like teams can move the ball on them especially in the first quarter mm-hmm. but they and this happened last year too right like that game against Miami Miami just picked them apart the first two drives first down two the drives. field and then they made a couple adjustments and Miami really didn't do anything the rest of the game True. um they started taking away to his first read and he's not real good after you take away his first read cuz he likes to throw in the middle of the field to that first look um which he does very well, actually. He's got two really good receivers. But yeah. nevertheless, um, you know, they they make good adjustments, and especially at halftime and coming into the second half, they've they've been a lot better. But I think our perception of them gets shaded a little bit by what happens at the beginning of games, and because this team winds up playing from behind, and because the offense has been so dreadful that mm-hmm. it's like, well, the offense isn't doing anything in the defense, you know, we're down seven nothing or we're down ten to three. You know, are we ever gonna get back in this thing? So they're not horrible, they're not the worst unit in the league, but Damn, I miss Brian Flores. Like, I feel like I'm yeah. the the wolf the the Wolverine with the uh you know with the picture meme. I'm like <laughs> Flores, please come back. I I was looking at the snap counts this week. Yeah, we only played 43 snaps on defense. Yeah, yeah. I, that's, that's what happened. Players, when you don't three the players and a half. about that. They played 21 in the first half. Yeah, that's incredible. They, they played 21 snaps in the first half and, and i wasn't a were, math major but that would be 22 in the second half they yeah they were <laughs> well they were very well rested yes. coming out for the second half and talked about it before the half started and they were psyched yeah i, I mean i think there's been one or two games they've had 43 plays in the first half yeah. <laughs> you know and, and and i mean that matters uh mm-hmm. scarps i purposefully was kind of holding you for last on this one no, well hey, no i you know but good Oh, no, sorry. Good. I, I, good. I, I'm responding to a comment here. Oh, go ahead. Uh, what, what's wild about it, and I agree, Ian, is that if uh, if 
if is it Thompson? I'm so sorry. Yeah, apologize. Thompson, I think. Yeah. I almost called him Tristan Thompson. But, <laughs> but 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 Chloe Kardashian is not in the chat. So hey, you know what, Scarps? She might be. Let's just put it. We half the time we don't know. Um so I, I if Thompson doesn't pick that ball off, I don't know if we win that game. I, I don't know. It's, it's a fair take. And, but but that's where we're at right now. And even though Pickett played better. And they re- and we're running the ball better. I have zero faith in this offense, even with Canada gone. The Steelers are two and four this year against teams with a winning record. Um, they have played some very bad defenses over the past four weeks. Uh, sorry, over the past four weeks, they've played three bad defenses and one good defense is one good defense, and they're three and one. I mean, yeah. we're like. I am not a hater. I'm literally just looking at this and watching the games and saying that, okay, the Bengals defense was, is terrible. They were 30th in pass defense and rush defense. And we still only put up 16 points. I do not give a shit. If we have 10,000 yards and only have three points, and I'm pretty sure that's not mathematically possible. However, (laughs) however, I want to make this clear since 2010, Teams that have have had at least 400 yards in a game but scored 16 points or less are nine, are nine, 69, very nice, nice, and one. <laughs> listen, listen, sit nine, 69, and one since 2010. If yep. you have 400 yards in a game but less than 16 points, the Steelers have two of those nine victories. Unbelievable. So even when they do win. It's fucking mathematically not in their favor. And and this well, Big Ben's burner, if they traded for Justin Herbert, dude, I'd be thrilled <laughs> because because Brandon Staley needs to be fired and they oh, are wasting God. they are wasting Justin Herbert's talent there. Um anyway. I would love it too. But, because um I, I live in the middle of Oregon. Yeah, well, I live in northwest Oregon. And uh, I'm surrounded by Ducks Portland. fans, and I hate the yeah. Ducks. And it's uh, out of territory still. But it's out of territory. But there's a trail that goes there. I hate <laughs> the fucking yeah. Ducks. Which hey, which which went through Pittsburgh. Just saying. Just saying. Hey, hey. That got the Heinz History Center. But the but my point is this defense. My oxen died of dysentery. This defense, <laughs> at Fort Collins. This. Yes. this <laughs> This defense, this defense has faced a decent to a decent to better quarterback this year mm-hmm. four times. They lost to Brock Purdy. They lost to C.J. Stroud. They beat Lamar Jackson, which is a divisional game, and the Ravens yeah. also dropped three touchdowns. And yeah. then they lost. They had eight they drops. And they turned the ball over fucking three times. They beat they themselves. Lost, and they lost to Trevor Lawrence. And here's the thing about it. Drink the Kool-Aid all you want, but if this team is this team will probably make the playoffs, and that first round game is not gonna be a gimme. It's gonna be on the road. Yep. And I'm expecting a 17 point loss or more. Um in the six remaining games. It depends on who they play. They're, yeah, they're 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 gonna face Obviously, uh, Kyler Murray. They're they're going to face Gardner Minshew. They're going to face 
Zappy or Mac Jones, who the hell knows? Maybe Steve Grogan. Hopefully Mac okay. Jones. Uh, they're going to face Gino. They're going to face uh, Lamar Jackson again. I mean, do, do, do you guys need to see a win against Lamar Jackson again to think we have a chance in that first round where you know we're going to be playing against a good quarterback? I, mean, I, I don't know. I'm at a loss. I mean, I... I Think, I think we go three and three down the stretch. Here. I'm We're more really, concerned you know. about the quality of defense that we that we play than I am the quality of the quarterback. Because um, because this defense seems to come up. They take a lot of chances. Okay, they do. They mm-hmm. take a lot of chances, which is why they get gouged for big yards sometimes. But they also make big plays consistently. And they seem to tighten up in the red zone very well. I want to say they've they've allowed the third fewest touchdowns in in the in the league this year. I saw that the other day. I was like, "What?" And then I I looked right. it up, and I was like, "Okay, yeah, they have actually." So uh, they seem to tighten up in the red zone. They get a lot of turnovers in the red zone. They take a lot of chances all over the goddamn field, which is a little bit maddening. But you know, okay. They're not allowing a lot of points, 18.6 per game. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm more concerned about the quality of defense that we play because, frankly, our offense ain't that good. It just isn't. And, yeah, to answer whoever's question, I think it was Burner, is, quarter, is quarterback the biggest issue for the Steelers right now? Yes, it is. Because the quarterback is the linchpin. And if your quarterback is really good, he can mm-hmm. carry you. And when he really isn't, he can he can be the 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 anchor that the team is towing around on the ground trying to get things going. Right. And right now, we don't have that quarterback. It's not quite as frustrating. Okay, it is pretty goddamn frustrating. But we have a running game at least. So it's not quite as frustrating as watching Mason and Duck Hodges try to <laughs> you know, trudge through 2019, which was fucking awful. But when it was situational, I mean, they honestly, mm-hmm, they didn't, mm-hmm, they mm-hmm. didn't have as good a situation as Kenny does now, in my opinion, they didn't have a great line then, no. um, but they also didn't have a running game and they were asked to try and win some games and, and they just didn't. So I, yeah, uh, I, I, I did. Uh, I, you'll have to forgive me because I did miss a very important uh, topic tonight. And that, of course, is what are we drinking? Uh, Burner oh, re- reminded Burner. me. Um, so, uh, Ben, what are you uh, enjoying tonight during the uh, show? I'm, I'm drinking Jubal as usual. Johnny doesn't like it this year because he's a pussy. Oh, and uh, I'm drinking some Redemption uh, Redemption bourbon. Okay. Last bottle. Delicious. Yes. Delicious. Yep. Yep. Uh, Scarps, what do you got going tonight? I got the ranch water, margaritas, and prickly pears, babe. <laughs> I think our man card just got. Are you? I know. What the pear. fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? Ian, please tell me you're not I'm drinking you prickly pear. That I got Johnny, and you're gonna be. Who doesn't like fucking pears? Like, like, like. <laughs> do I judge you because you think Kenny Pickett is? Fucking better than Big Ben? Yes. Whoa, no, whoa, I do not whoa. think Kenny Pickett's better than Big Ben, first off. And second, yes, you judge me all the fucking time. <laughs> I've actually Haley. never... Who's Haley? Uh, all right. Haley. On, 
Anyway, oh, I thought you said Ian, you right. what are you drinking me tonight? Daily. So, Fuck you, Johnny. I have some uh, Helltown Brewing Oktoberfest from uh, Helltown Brewery in Export, Pennsylvania, which is just slightly east of uh, Murraysville and Monroeville out that way. Yeah. Um, and I also have some uh, old Overholt straight rye whiskey that I'm drinking. So nice. making up for Ryan. Uh, the, I, I love the the bonded the old old over overholt uh, old overholt bonded rye. Yeah, it's that really the hundred proof. That yeah, is, it's really it's good. delicious. Did you know the the history of the old overholt brewery? Here uh, we go. That Abraham Overholt was the grandfather of Henry Clay Frick, and Frick Car- oh, Andrew Frick. Carnegie and one other guy bought out the whiskey distillery. And owned it until Prohibition, and then uh, after Prohibition, basically just like sold off the recipe. I think Jim Beam, Jim Beam Distillery is the one who brew or who distills it now, but they're still using the old recipe. That, that so, is freaking cool. Yeah. So, so hey, Claude, uh, all the sealers have to do yeah. is just win out, right? No problem. Yeah. Yes. I mean, but, they just beat uh, it. Right. They just beat it. They just hung nice 16 on, a, on nice one of the quad. worst defenses in the league and beat a backup quarterback. But, uh, yeah, they're going to win out. I did get a brand-new bottle of Bradshaw bourbon, but I'm oh, going nice. to uh, wait uh, to crack back into that. I, we're supposed to be getting some stuff very soon. I, Booze? I, not, Boozy stuff that we can I, give away? Possibly. I don't want to. Because wanna, I'll, be, I'll be really honest. I'm still I waiting. Really give a shit about you three getting anything. <laughs> well, what I want is for yeah. the listener. The listeners and viewers yes, to get stuff. They're very deserving. Yeah. I don't um, care about you three. But you I'm also drinking a, a Great Lakes uh, Hazecraft. Hazecraft. Uh, it's, it's a very nice uh, hazy IPA there. Um, all right. Um, I, I did want to mention some bourbon to our listeners. I mean, I just want to say, like, you guys who tune into this show, it's, like, it, we have... Yeah done shows on like a tuesday night on a friday night on yep. a thursday night in the middle of the summer you guys are incredible like you guys tune you guys in to, to listen yeah. to us it, it's truly talk. amazing it is like, yeah we love you guys it's like the rest of the bar stopping what they're doing and paying attention to the four assholes at the end of the bar right who, who, you know, much. and, and, and that's, it's, that's, it's it's amazing that's why I don't care whether or not you guys get anything from Bradshaw Bourbon. I I would prefer that we just gave everything uh, away. They, they tell me all of it. So just gave all of it away to the listeners slash viewers I, that are here every week because they're yes. so much more deserving than well, you and, fucking and, three dickheads. Yeah, and we we will do. Uh, we got to do some shirt giveaways too, with uh, so you can get our mugs. Damn right. Uh, oh yeah, this 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 shirt that has that shirt right on. there. You damn well know, all of you know, you want those four faces on a shirt. Um, and, that's and the, the biggest. That's that's the biggest obstacle to selling those shirts is that our faces it, it, are exactly. On. Yeah, uh, feel free to color those in. Um, I I, I want to uh, talk about one more thing before we get to uh, our predictions for this week coming up against the Cardinals. Are we going to talk um, about the Cardinals at all? We haven't yet, but we're going to get there. Okay. Um, in fact, you know what? Let's do that right now. Let's talk about the Cardinals. Um, Kyler Murray is, is back from Short. his, uh, surgery. James Connor is kind of returning home, if you will. Um, the Cardinals are two and nine, I mm-hmm. believe. 
But they've been feisty. They've been in a yes. lot of their games and just haven't won them. So right, and, and they played pretty been, well under Dobbs before he got shipped out. Yeah, they've been close. And, and let's not forget, I think you beat the cow pies. Yeah, they did. Somebody, somebody mentioned this on Twitter. I don't remember if it was Burner or somebody else. So I'm sorry uh-huh. if I'm stealing Burner's joke, but like the new Call of Duty came out like two weeks ago so kyler murray's already played through it so he may actually be more focused this week on the game than uh that's fantastic that's awesome oh burner if that was you you said it better on twitter than i did but uh I'm really <laughs> yeah he has a little penchant for uh uh skipping the um uh tape if you will and playing some video games um yeah yeah uh anyway i i you know we'll, we'll get into the predictions in a little bit but um i i scarps you said something that really surprised me this week you said you thought the steelers were going to have to score at least 20 24 points to win on sunday 24 to 27 is what he said I well did. we're not we're not going to get into predictions just yet but you really but think he, they're going to score that much he said that we needed to he didn't say right. we were going to he right. said we need to uh, yeah, I have a, I just have a hunch this week okay. and I, and, and you know, we talked about the defense earlier, um, being opportunistic, um, that this, this is Kyler Murray's fourth game back. I believe, um, got a James Connor revenge game. Um, that's about it. You got a James Connor revenge game, but, but Hollywood Brown is solid. Uh, McBride has played really well yep. with Murray. Mm-hmm. Um, Michael Wilson is another guy. Greg Dorch uh, is another is another good talented re- talented receiver. Um, the Steelers defense re- and then Kyler Murray can run. He can run. Yes. And also, 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 Patrick Peterson couldn't just shut his fucking mouth, could he? He talked about Kyler Murray scared the pocket. He didn't have that height advantage. And as we've said on the show, bulletin board material yep. is real. Yep. It is real. And I could picture Kyler Murray making some nice throws, extending some plays sure. with his with his legs. And yeah, I I really do think the Cardinals are going to put up some points this okay. week, which right. will force the Steelers to score more than 16 <laughs> all right well we'll get to the prediction shortly um 17 i i did want to real quick and i know ben's take on this because he he's had it for many many years and and my question is not whether heinz ward gets in the, the hall of fame oh here we go it's do you believe he's worthy of getting into the hall of fame that's my question ian is he worthy of getting in the hall of fame whether or not he ever does oh boy all right I've said this for a while on the show, and I'm going to stick with it. I don't think Heinz Ward will get in as a Mm -hmm. modern era candidate. I think he gets in. I think he may get in eventually, but it's either in in one of those like special years where they let extra guys in, um, like what they do for the hundredth anniversary of the NFL or things like that, where they're like, oh, there are these historic guys that we kind of missed along the way. There's just with the explosion of passing games, yeah, there are too many guys that have better stats than him, and it's going to be a hard sell in that room of beat writers to get him 
the votes he needs to get in when you're comparing him with the likes of uh you know like a, an Andre Johnson or a Reggie Wayne or a um you know I mean, Marvin Harrison's already in, but was right, kind of a right. contemporary played at the same time, right? Yep. That, you know, those those kind of guys, a lot of his contemporaries, now you're getting into the the Megatron, the, you know, Tory Holt, the those kind of guys that all oh, Tory Holt's already into. But you, yeah. you know, you know what I mean though, right? All these guys that had better stats than yep. him, yep. better yards per reception, more yards. He had a thousand catches. He had twelve thousand yards. Um, you know, those are great stats, and he brought a lot to the table as just a pure football player. He is my favorite Steeler of all time. Goddamn um, right. But because to me, he just personified that attitude of what it meant to be a Pittsburgh Steeler. Like I didn't see the seventies guys play, so like I probably would have been all about you know the the Jack Lamberts and Jack Hams of the world. Um, mm-hmm. but but to me, in my Jack era. Lambert. As 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 the one of the younger guys on the show, um, I'm not like you two old fucks above me. That <laughs> Jack. Uh, <laughs> that, Jack, you know, Jack Lambert. I wanted to be him when I was a little kid. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, but, but nevertheless, I I just I don't think I think it's so hard. It's like we talked about James Harrison last year. There's so many guys that have more sacks than him. The Demarcus Wares, the everybody mm-hmm. else. That it's just it's a hard hard case makes. Actually, I think Harrison has probably a better case being defensive player of the year. Yeah, Hines has the Super Bowl MVP, but Harrison being the defensive player of the year probably has a better case yeah. than Hines does to actually get yeah. in. Okay. And also yeah. having the Steelers uh the Steelers career uh sack record for a period of time. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean uh, Hines Hines still has the receptions and yardage record because Antonio Brown went insane. If he had <laughs> stayed a year longer, he would have broken both of those records. That's and true. He it's just true. lost it, his yeah. mind. Okay. Yeah. Uh Scarps is is Heinz Ward worthy. Yeah, he's worthy, but unfortunately he plays at a position that everybody wants to play and yeah. he doesn't necessarily have the stats to back it up. Okay. And that is not a knock on his stats. That is right. not a knock on his stats. I'm just simply saying that if he had played with a better quarterback early on in his career, Absolutely, I think he would. It be was better. still a run first offense, though. At that point, it, it was. It well, was. No, no. I'm, okay, should I say that if he was, if he came, if if he played, if his rookie year was two thousand one or two, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. so, my point being is that like this is no, and this is like Mike Tomlin had a really really good point this week, and I have said this on this show. Look at the tape. Casey's going to talk about that there in a little, oh. Like, oh. but. Look at the tape. Um, Heinz Ward is a football player first, and yeah. that deserves Greedens Clearwater Revival, and that deserves that deserves uh, recognition. I want to I want to talk about this. And Mike Tomlin brought up John Lynch. Mike Tomlin brought up John Lynch. Yeah, in, in when he talked about this. Um, and yeah, I, I agree. John Lynch is a Hall of Famer. I'm going to look at another guy who has numbers Man. not even. Okay, I'm gonna look at I'm gonna look at a guy who has numbers not even as good as John Lynch that's in the Hall of Fame. That's Steve Atwater, and those guys were both Steve Atwater in his era though was was okay. the guy. He was here's the my, safety. Here's my, was and, and it was a different okay. era. Here's here's my point: is these guys were both six two, six three, two hundred twenty ish, right? 
but they played. But nobody not- was afraid of John Lynch. But okay, can I fucking finish? You know, you know, you say I coming. I'm just gonna say this. Let me fucking finish. They played a position. Can I finish? That, can I finish? Please, can I finish? It's my Ross Perot. They thing. played. They played a position that is not so desired. And when you play a well, position that is not so desired or glamorous, there's not necessarily the same sort uh, of parameters. Oh goddamn you, Benjamin. They they put they don't like like yes Heinz Award should be in the Hall of Fame but because he played the wide receiver position he's not gonna get in right away God you're a dick fuck you sorry I hate you just kidding <laughs> no it was me there there were a lot of great wide receivers Heinz is he worthy I'm gonna preface this with saying that Heinz is one of my favorite Steelers of all time and he's mm-hmm. going to be an all time Steeler forever mm-hmm. the guy. Mm-hmm played his fucking ass off and he yes as he inputted he personified what it was to be a stealer but he he made the absolute most of his talent the guy came out every day played his ass off and all he wanted to do was win that was it but was he ever regarded as any as as the best wide receiver at anything other than downfield blocking no. no, he was uh, he was he, Heinz's best ability was to always know where the first down sticks were and get past them. I mean, he had that okay, so he was a good that. possession wide receiver. Yeah, he was How a, many possession yes. wide receivers other than what than Art Monk are in the or in the Hall of Fame? Steve Largent, Andre Steve Reed Largent wasn't Steve Largent wasn't a possession wide receiver, neither, neither was Andre Reed. No, I thought Largent was Largent wasn't. He had great hands, but he guys that have similar numbers. Yeah. Well, well, I'm not. I, I, I'm not. I'm. I'm not saying similar numbers. Yeah. I mean, yeah. in their era, by comparison to the guys, to the colleagues that they had mm-hmm. during that era, were was Hines regarded as as being the best at anything at his position, other than being a doubt. Well, did blocker? you? Did an opposing I mean, defense have to game plan for Hines Ward? But yeah, fuck yeah, they did because yes. they they hated his fucking guts. They wanted to kill ah. him because because. He would he would throw fucking blocks. Yeah. He would throw blindside blocks. And there was a rule that was put in. in yeah. And that's one of the reasons the Steelers fans are like, they had he changed the game. They had to change the rules for him. So he should definitely be in the Hall of Fame. Well, okay. But they put that rule in because guys kept getting injured and they put it in because they regarded what he was doing as a cheap play mm-hmm. by a smaller guy on bigger guys because he had an advantage with the angle and so he took it and he injured a lot of players so they changed the rule because of Heinz yes but that's not going to be something that that Hall of Fame voters are going to look at and go yeah right. we should definitely bring this guy in especially when as Ryan has pointed out there is so much competition yeah. and and at the oh, wide receiver yeah. position it's really 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 did i say really Fucking really? hard to get to get in as a wide receiver. Yeah, really hard. Yeah, the guys, the Randy Mosses of the world. That is the rare exception. Most guys that get in at, at wide receiver are not first ballot guys. Okay, Marvin Harrison wasn't a first ballot guy. Marvin fucking Harrison, and he was amazing. Larry Fitz. He also made a first ballot, guy, but you know, Larry Fitz will be a first ballot. I agree yeah. with you. Marvin now. Harrison almost murdered a guy. 
yeah, he did. There was that. There were stories allegedly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I mean, Ray Lewis is the first ballot Hall of Famer. Fuck. So <laughs> that's true. I actually didn't know that. Maybe I did. Um, uh, but uh, again, again, it's just really fucking hard to get in a wide receiver. It really is, yeah. man. Yeah. I mean, T.O., who I think is a piece of shit, and I think that the media purposely punished him yes. because he, he was an asshole to all of them. He should have been a first ballot Hall of Famer. But the guy was a fucking dick, so they made him wait. And I'm kind of hoping to do the same thing to A.B. <laughs> um, We're Steve not going to was... get into that tonight because we could, no. we've had whole episodes on the A.B. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh Steelers got the Cardinals coming in this week. One o'clock kickoff uh, on Sunday. Uh, Ian, are you going to be in attendance at that one? I am. Yes. This will be the the last game this year we're going to. Very good. Very good. And um, so, therefore, I will start with you. What do you got for a final score this week as the Steelers host the Cardinals? Boy, you know what? I usually look up the over-under on these things before I make my predictions. So, I should probably do that. I saw this and now I forgot it. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the over-under is. What is it? I don't know. I'm looking it up. That's why I said I I use. Are you going to share it with the whole class or not? Yes, I will (laughs) share it with the whole class once I find find it. Um, All right. So the the line on this game. Oh, wow. The over-under is actually 41 and a half, which is. Wow. Take the under. (laughs) My goodness. (laughs) Like last week, it was like 32. said no. I, I think la- last week wasn't it like 32 and we still hit the under. Yes. Like it was something insane like that. Yeah. No, it was, I think it was, it was 36. Okay. Okay. All right. Still over All right. 40 for a Steelers game is wild. Um, Like I said earlier, this Cardinals team has been feisty. I think they're definitely capable of moving the ball between the twenties. <sighs> I don't know other than McBride, if they have, guys that can make plays in the red zone to punch it into the end zone. Um, And McBride's a pretty good tight end. I I like what they've got in him. Um, And James Conner revenge game, yes, but James Conner's also been a little injury prone throughout his career. So you never know. Yeah, you just never know. Um, But I I, I do kind of agree with Ryan that I think Arizona is going to put up some points. Uh But if there's any game this year where we face a defense shitty enough to let us score 30 points, this might be it. (laughs) (laughs) So so I'm actually going to say Steelers 31, Cardinals 16. Wow. You mean we'll be able to breathe in the fourth quarter? Oh no, no. Oh, it'll, okay. It'll pull no. away late. Yeah, it it'll it'll be like 24 to 16. Gotcha. We'll be we'll 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 be clenching our buttholes a little bit and <laughs> uh and then they'll score a late touchdown or something. Maybe maybe Minko will get a pick six or something like gotcha. that. Like gotcha. Kyler pick six. Kyler, here's the thing about Kyler. Kyler will he run sucks. 40 yards behind the line of scrimmage just yep. around in circles yep. to try and do yep. something. But he holds the ball so far away from his body. He does. If you can swipe at it, you can get turnovers and make him do stupid shit with the ball. Yeah. Um, and yeah. he will take risks with the ball down the field because he thinks 
he's still at Oklahoma and is good enough to make plays. He's fast and quick and can cause us problems. I'm worried about him scrambling. I don't think he's good enough, though, to like scramble for a 60-yard touchdown, but he can definitely scramble for 20 yards on third yeah. and five oh, before sure. playing man sure. defense. So, All right, so you've got, what did you say, yeah. 31-16? 31-16 Steelers. All right. I, yeah, but right. yeah. 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 Scarps, what do you it, got? It won't be easy, though. Okay. All right. Scarps? Yeah. Uh, I think that. I think that the Cardinals are going to put up some points this game. I really do. Okay. Um, and I don't, eh, I'm going to go with the Steelers, 27-23. Holy wow. geez, that's a familiar score against the Arizona Cardinals, ladies and gentlemen. Why not? Wow. Uh, and I'll let you get the pipes ready for Casey Kasem. And Ben, what is your prediction? Uh, uh, Ooh, deep thoughts by Jack Handy. Yeah. Um, Tomlin just seems to really love the low scoring games this year. Yes, he does. Uh, I'm going to roll with. Uh, Twenty four. 17 Steelers. So the over under will be a push. Uh, I'm concerned only because we've played back to back divisional games, both on the road. Um, So I think we'll be glad to be at home. And I think we'll play well enough to get the dub. I'm going to go Steelers 23 Cardinals 13. Uh, that, that's what I'm going to go with. I, I, I agree with what, uh, best man is saying here. I think TJ will wreck some havoc back there a couple of times. Uh, and, and I, I know exactly what Ian and, and you guys are saying that, that, that Murray will turn the ball over. Um, uh, so I, I think I'm going to ride on that, but, uh, those are our predictions coming up this week. That's four Steeler victories, uh, just for the record. And for the uh, record, Ryan actually picked the Steelers. He, he did. He did. And um, and that is a perfect segue into the late great Mr. Casey Kasem. Once again, joining the show, ladies and gentlemen. Casey. <laughs> Casey's coast to coast. American top 40. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the week that was November 30th, 1986. Our favorite correspondent, Ryan, is once again back with us this week, and he writes, Dear Casey, very superstitious, writings on the wall, very superstitious that you didn't see Jalen Warren fumble that football. Casey, that's, of course, a parody of Stevie Wonder's Superstitious. Much like Stevie Wonder, Steelers wide receiver Deontay Johnson didn't see anything. Also, also like Stevie, also, don't make Casey laugh. Also, like Stevie Wonder, Mike Tomlin didn't see that Deontay Johnson actually scored, but Mike Tomlin didn't challenge the play because, well, you know, why would he? In, 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 
In Johnson's post-game remarks, he said he didn't see Warren fumble. In Tomlin's post-game remarks, Tomlin said that he wasn't thoughtfully non-rhythmic about the situations that unfold inside stadiums, regardless of the nature of today's replay, and so forth. I don't know what that means. Hey, Deontay and Mike, I just called to say you're full of shit. (laughs) The tape don't lie. Casey, before moving away from Stevie Wonder, I need to make another point. I'm sure you've heard by now that the Shaziers aren't doing so great. Oh, God. And there's nothing funny about that. But I did, but I did hear some positive news. Ryan Shazier is going to be getting his new girlfriend a gift this Christmas. Compliments of Stevie Wonder. That's right, Casey. He's getting her the digitally remastered version of Songs in the Key of Intercourse. <laughs> <laughs> is that butt sex? Oh. <laughs> As I mentioned earlier, the tape don't lie. And that tape showed Kenny Pickett looked like he might be a seventh-round steal. I can't believe the haters would even refer to Mr. Pickett as Mr. Irrelevant. My apologies, I was thinking of Brock Purdy, who leads the league in completion percentage, yards per attempt, yards per completion, passer rating, and QBR. But he'll never be as good as the Steelers' first-round pick of the 2022 NFL Draft out of the University of Pittsburgh. In all seriousness, Pickett showed improvement, which isn't hard to do when the bar is set that low. But nevertheless, Pickett isn't going to light up the scoreboard. He's not going to pad the stats. This isn't who he is. This is who the Steelers are, though. Say la vie, Casey. Well, Ryan, you're in for a treat. Up four spots this week to number 17, and this one will eventually make its way up to number two. Here's Robbie Neville with Say Lovey. <laughs> wow. Wow. Man, 86. I was hoping for some kind of hairband, but uh, I guess we'll take Robbie Neville. Well, the uh, charts this week, Mr. Steel Dad, just weren't li- aligning they, with they my beliefs. We're so. aligning properly. Uh, hey, thanks so much, everybody, as always, for uh, being here with us tonight. As we mentioned earlier, we are just uh, thoroughly flattered and thrilled to have everybody here every single week. Doesn't matter. I think we could pretty much do this show at 2 a.m. on a Wednesday, and we'd still have everybody here. And uh, that's a credit to you guys. You guys rock. Uh, Yes. Yes, you do. And uh, make sure you check out the site, SteelCityBlitz.com. Check us out on Twitter at SC Blitz and, of course, at SCB underscore podcast. Um, and we're all on there as well. And Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. Even TikTok now, too. Um, yeah, thanks, Aaron. Yeah, thanks, Aaron. Wherever he went, he was under the weather. Maybe still sobbing because I, of I that loss man is Aaron's. I think best man is Aaron's burner. It could be. It could be. Yeah. Anyway, thanks so much, everybody. Enjoy the game this week. Steelers, Cardinals, 1 o'clock on Sunday from the Steel City. And We're on these- Tuesday next week. That's right. We are on Tuesday next week with the Steelers playing because the Patriots it's, yeah, it's a Thursday game on Thursday. So we'll be Tuesday next week. Anyway, have a great one. And don't forget, go Steelers. Ravens suck. <laughs> <laughs>